Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Crossblade Podcast. We still don't know. Oh, this it seems like this name is also taken, so we're gonna have to rebrand again. I'm your host, Jay Sharpie. I'm here with Zeldrick Lady Infamous and Unsheath Productions. We got some news for the week, but it's not a whole lot of news. There are gonna be some they're pretty big news. But anyways, uh, before we start off, like always, let's find out about what everybody's been up this week. Let me see. This week, on Friday, we played, all of us, we played some Gears 5. We had me and Chief and Sharpie playing some campaign, and then all four of us, we played Horde Mode. It was fun. We we lasted a few rounds. Um, Interesting game. I can't wait to get back on it. I also finished playing that game. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, I enjoyed it, it was alright, I was, I got my achievements and I uninstalled the game. I personally think that the story mode of that game was whack, the fighting mechanics are really dumbed down, like it was really easy to hit those combos. I think it was not as good as the previous titles, and I'm glad I played it, to say I played it, but... It ain't like I'm going to go online and be master at Infinite. I don't think anybody is. I also um, played some of the beta. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And we also played some Rainbow, like I always do. Trying to get my uh, minimum level requirement to play ranked on PC and PlayStation. I'm on 14 on PC, and I think I'm on 11 on PlayStation. I'm trying to get better at it. I think there's going to be a tournament in the near future, so I'm trying to get ready for that. As a champion, as a as a, a, a Rainbow Six Siege champion at this particular uh, streamer's uh, tournament that he may gonna do in the future I want to be prepared because most likely I'm gonna end up going and I gotta represent so really are you gonna wait are you gonna compete yeah okay and um yeah she did last year um yeah and then just I haven't packed okay guys I haven't packed yet for TwitchCon I'm gonna do it this this weekend coming up this weekend coming up I haven't even packed yet. <laughs> You said, <laughs> you said you were going to. I said I was. Okay, but all right. I got my outfits right, but I'm like, yo, I'm missing a pair of jeans. And then I'm looking at my jeans, and I don't like those jeans. They're like, I don't want no bright colored jeans. I want dark colored jeans. So I have to go get some jeans. But this weekend, it's like wash my clothes, uh, have everything packed by Monday. Because that week, I'm going to be. They're going to make. They're going to work my ass off at the job. And. I still have some house stuff I need to do, so, yeah. But hopefully after TwitchCon, I'll be able to game a whole lot more. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, is that it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Step your game up. Me? That's not enough games. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm just busy sometimes. It's not like, if I could, I would play games all the time, but bills gotta be paid, and shit gotta get done, and I got to do it. I actually went back and looked at... So essentially, for the most part, every time I play a game, I'm on Twitch. And I went back and looked at what I played over the last week. And I actually played a lot more than I remembered. 
Um, this was apparently a gaming week. Uh, I'm going to half count. I tried Destiny 2 because I was trying to do the uh, migration from um, Battle.net to Steam. And super frustrating, at least in terms of me trying to do it. I ran into so many issues with it where it's like, you need to create a new account and then like you need to link it with your Steam account. And then when you link it with Steam, you have to get an email where you verify something. I don't know. It, t- it legitimately took me a half hour to do it when it should have been like a maybe five minute process. Or two. But I- yeah, it should be super quick. But um, afterwards, like just in case, just to make sure things were working, I decided to just go ahead and try playing a little Destiny. And um, I played some of the first mission. And I actually mentioned this in Zeldrick's Discord too, but like I did not recognize how pretty that game is. Like when you yeah, it's, it's specifically a, it's, on PC. Oh, it's a good looking game. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know if the graphics are dramatic. I assume they're dramatically different than like on the consoles, but on the PC it looked amazing. I think it's one of the best looking games probably I've run on my gaming PC at this point. Well, not only that, it also uses up almost all of your VRAM. No, I mean I wouldn't be surprised by that. Like it will try to max it out, uh, even at the low settings. It seems like, like it will try to be as efficient as it can be. Do you, pull- you you mean like in terms of not like using no no the inter- rest no. of the system's resources? Yeah, or it will try to use everything as it possibly can, even at the lowest settings. So well, like, good thing you- I have a separate streaming PC then. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be a nightmare to try to stream on a single PC. Oh, no, no, no. Like, it'll use, like, whatever is left that's, like, free. Hmm. So if you're streaming, yeah. like, you know, it uses a percentage of your CPU and GPU, right? And then, um, or... Well, I, which one has priority? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that game would work. But um, I, I just know that it will just, like, like if it's, if it's not being used, it'll use it. Gotcha. Yeah. What were you saying, Zeldrick? Uh, did you end up playing it in 4K or 2K or 1080? Yeah, I was playing it in 4. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in 4K, it's fucking amazing. I, I played it in 2K, and it's, I mean, just as beautiful, but, like, I haven't seen it run at 1080. But even then, like, it's, the graphics are very well optimized, and they really pushed hard on um, having a PC platform for that game. So. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, so yeah, I played like that, but that was only like maybe twenty minutes or so. Um, I ended up playing a little bit more Tetris ninety nine just because I wanted to see if I could get that one victory so I can try Invictus. But I think after I think the the highest I got was like eleven or something like that because I had only played it for like an hour and a half or so. Um, but that game still is super fun. Like, regardless of if you get into the highly competitive um, aspects of it, just being able to do, like, the um, Tetris BR is, like, super fun. Um, I mentioned last week I was playing Super Mario World, and I wanted to beat it. And, like, I legitimately beat that, like, a half an hour after we finished recording the podcast. So, um, that again, that one was super fun to play and, like, really nostalgic. And I honestly think that would be a cool one if they went back and did a remaster of, if Nintendo kind of... Does Nintendo really do remasters? Not really. Not really, right? Kind of. Very like what? What, what is? It? What is it that they 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 showcase like Xenoblade Chronicles? Last. Yeah, but that's like a. I, I wouldn't. It's just like a port, a remaster. Right? It's a 
uh, or I'm sorry, I wouldn't classify it as the as a remake. That's a like an upscaling or a remaster. So yeah, they they did give it an HD treatment for Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh okay. Um, here and there, like barely any. Yeah. Uh, like they they did it for uh, Wind Waker. Oh yeah, they, they it, did. Uh, yeah, but I don't know what else they did besides like make it widescreen and like change a couple of like the mechanics because it was now on the Wii U instead of the GameCube. Um and then eh, that's that's kind of it. Mm. I think so anyways. I don't know if they did the same thing for Twilight Princess. Actually that I think that might get me more so in Nintendo's or Nintendo would be in my good graces if, like, instead of always releasing, um, just like, oh, you can buy this old nostalgic game that you played before, at least doing, like, a remaster of it or something. Because I, I think that would be great to see, like, you know, what Super Mario World would look like in 2019. Um, but I don't want to just buy, you know, Super Mario World to be able to play on my Switch. I'm glad it was free, because I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't for free. But, um against uh sharpie's kind of recommendations i tried super kirby clash <laughs> and got bored about a half hour after i started it i think it was super boring he's like this game i have no idea who it's for it's like literally putting me to sleep I, I think actually i'm pretty sure during that stream as i was playing it i started falling asleep and i mean obviously that was because it would be more so because i'm tired but games very rarely do that for me like even if i'm tired like just sort of the adrenaline rush of playing video games will keep me awake, but that game legitimately started putting me to sleep. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I think that's a hard pass for me. And then uh, the last two or last three played Ape Out yesterday, which is awesome. Um, I think Zeldrick. Oh no, you said you didn't play it, but Sharpie, you remember? Do you actually Sharpie and Lady Infamous? Do y'all remember seeing that at um Day of the Devs? Because we were all there for Ape that. Out. One, I think. Yeah. I did not no. see it, but it was interesting, no. though. Yeah, it's super fun. Just a, basically a gorilla rampaging through a building did trying you, to get out, or building you, a boat, whatever, you, trying uh, to get win? out. Did you beat the game? Oh, yeah, I beat it. Oh, is it um, uh, like that guy that you were having trouble with at the end? Uh, Which one? Oh, wait, was that a different game? No, Ape Out, Ape Out I was playing last night where... You'd, you'd recognize it. It's really stylized in terms of visuals, and you're just a gorilla that's going through levels trying to make his way out of whatever the level oh, is, having to okay. kill soldiers and stuff, or not soldiers, but men with guns, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great game. Would recommend that. Same thing with Way of the Passive Fist, which I just finished before this, and that's like... I think it's a super cool concept in the sense that it's like a brawler, but the idea is that in order to hit somebody, you have to like uh play defense against them in a certain way you have to do parries and dodges and stuff like that to build up meter to be able to attack people so it's a little bit of a different twist on brawlers um or beat em ups i guess and the last thing i think the only i'm the only one that ever mentions this maybe i'm the only lame that does it but was i was playing one of those mobile games that i played last week called zipline and i actually beat it <laughs> which is interesting because i don't it is very rare i feel like people finish mobile games well i mean there's, there's like, millions of levels for most mobile games that's why. yeah i was gonna say there was it was it's kind of like a puzzle game and there was 201 levels and just like because of you know every once in a while i had time to just kind of sit there and play a little bit of a game 
like I just gradually made it through all 201 levels. So yeah. And overall it, I ended up actually playing a lot more games than I thought I did. Um, it was a good week for me. Uh, I had the least eventful week in terms of games. Like I played a, a little bit more of XCOM two. I played, I streamed two days of XCOM two. Actually, I think I only streamed like two days this week. I don't even remember a third time. And like, aside from that, I was playing a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, but I was really grinding out hard on Monster Hunter World, and it's was all because like gearing myself for for a high rank. Um, Is it fun? And it's fun to, to grind it, it, like. To, in even, preparation even the grind for me is fun like well i shouldn't even say that because like i do play final fantasy 14 it's like it's repetitive do this do this for a daily or whatever and that's it but yeah to like run something to fight a monster and then like hopefully you get that like rare drop to get like a your next piece of armor or uh, next weapon upgrade and stuff like that to me it's fun um and it's sometimes like the first couple times you fight one monster like say for instance like you're fighting um toby kadachi for like the first couple of times and that's like some it looks like a, a furry electric lizard thing um and like you fighting that a couple of times but like the first time you fight him it's arduous because of the armor you have and the weapons you have and like they're low grade Sure. But when you progress further into it and you get better weapons or you fight that fight Toby a few more times, you then learn his pattern and are able to pretty much dance around him and be able to like make the situation your way. And then also the layout of the land, you know, the layout and because you know that you have an advantage over him. So um, like Toby out of like the f like first low out of the low ranks is uh like the easiest and um you can finish that fight in like five minutes less than that um and then um but then like you have those rare drops like the rathalos plate and fighting a rathalos is already like even when you are pretty geared it's kind of hard or not hard it just takes a while and even sometimes finding him can be really uh um annoying because you may see him in one location, but as you're traveling there, he'll fly off to a different location. It's like, fuck, so you got to go all the way over there. I actually had one mission where I had to follow him to five different locations before I actually got the first hit on him. It was really stupid, but, um, but even then... But I mean, are like, you playing solo? Like, is that... Yeah, yeah I'm so playing I solo. I assume it's a little bit different if you have, like, an entire squad with you. It's so much more fun with an entire squad. Sure. Or even just like having one other person. It's a lot more fun. Um, and even then, um, it ends up being just looking a lot more cool. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, like I, I prepped myself for um, hunting high rank stuff and upgrading to high rank weapons and armor. Um, and for me, it does take a long time because I'm upgrading three different weapon types at the same time where usually people just upgrade one and then they just go through with it. Um, but I'm upgrading three at the same time. So that way I have more of a round house or like a 
well-rounded arsenal um just in case like i'm fighting a flying or a slow one or a quick one or whatever um okay. so that's why it's taking me a while um and that's it really i i wish i got uh more into um xcom 2 this week but i didn't um even then i'm having fun with that planning all my routes and stuff but uh I actually was paying more attention when I, because I was busy with my own life and stuff. Um, I was uh, watching a lot of um, the stuff coming out of Tokyo game show and uh, um, which we'll be talking about right after this. So um, actually also there was like a lot of um, news that was dropping or just like just details, details that drops. And I was just super hyped for it. Cool. All right. And for me, I was just watching a little bits and pieces of Tokyo Game Show. I didn't really stream at all this week because, you know, I just got my new power supply and I was hope I was trying to make sure it was running okay because at one point it did shut down again like the day of. So I was like, "Oh shoot. Is this is this really still a case for me?" So I was I was kind of scared to just let it run uh, throughout the week so that's why I, I just I had like games running uh, throughout this entire week and see if it will shut down again so far wait what do you mean you had them running like just letting them run on their own or yeah just let the game running like in like on the computer even when I was sleeping oh like probably Final Fantasy 14 or something yeah yeah so okay. that's what I was doing and I was I was like Please don't shut down. Please don't shut down. But you know, it, it and it, it didn't. So now I I feel a little more confident that I can actually start going ham with my computer again this week. So I'm probably gonna start streaming again tomorrow. Um, and what 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 did I do? Oh yeah. So most of my time was just spending on Final Fantasy 14. I like. Two days ago, I spent almost twelve hours trying to buy a house in it, and because it was, because it was just one plot open, and then like it, it's on this this hidden timer to get to to actually get a house, and there was about like maybe six people there just trying to like t time their clicks and all that to see if they, they can they they got the house on their click, and. Fortunately, I I was able to get the last click to get the house, so I've been trying to get that. Uh, I've been trying to decorate the house from since then. <laughs> I know it's it sounds a little weird. <laughs> sounds hilarious. Uh, what else did I, I do? I got a house. <laughs> I'm decorating my house now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, that was. That's what I did. Um, what else did I do? Oh yeah, so we did play Gears, and I played, I did play Tetris ninety nine too. A lot of it actually. Most of it was just me playing it on um, marathon. Like I beat the nine hundred and ninety nine line marathon, um, and that took like an hour because I was just t spinning, like at least for the first half of the game, and then as as it started speeding up like crazy that then i started to ha having to use the eyepiece to just tetrising everywhere instead of t spinning but other than that 
I didn't really do much other than just lo looking up for this week's news. And it was kind of hard, too, because there was not a whole lot to write, uh, to, to post about other than TGS. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about now. Tokyo Game Show. It seems like everything that we, we might want to talk about is about first triple uh, A titles, and I have a few indie titles I want to talk about too. So they're like, so for Tokyo Game Show, what you guys, what you guys learn about it, or not learn? I said what you guys watch and what caught your attention. Uh, so, um, I will actually uh, pair up with like indie titles as well because as soon as Tokyo Game Show started. Um, on Steam, there's a listing and a whole bunch of games that I've never even heard about, like a whole bunch of indie yeah, games. Yeah, same here, same here. <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that looks interesting too. Yeah, and it's funny because I didn't think that there would be a bunch of indie titles that would come out of TGS that would look really, really good. And also, for the most part, not like anime, which is weird. Mm -hmm. I thought like most of them would because it's Tokyo Game Show, um, and that's par for the course. Uh, but um, the most time I spent with Tokyo Game Show was looking at Final Fantasy VII Remake and uh, Resident Evil Project Resistance. Um, and uh, I don't have much to say about Project Resistance, um, uh, except that uh, it uses the Resident Evil 2 engine, so it looks really good. Uh, it looks like that, as far as for controlling and item management and everything, it uses exactly the same thing. Um, but Project Resistance is, uh, it's not Outbreak, what everybody uh, thought, but it's 4v1, and it's four survivors that you just pick out of a list, um, and against one person masterminding the entire level, um, and dropping zombies in, trying to fuck up your day. And uh, the reveal for it was that you could also be Mr. X and walk on in and like try to grab and punch everybody. Uh, but uh, kind of like actually, um, there was a, a Fable game that was supposed to be released or did get released or something like that that they tried to make. And I don't know. I don't know. It, I remember that there was a Fable game that was trying to do the same thing. Um, but this was like, my only opinion is like, I'm not having it. Like, I'm, it looks pretty, but like, as far as for how it plays, like, eh, nah, I'm, uh, it's not for me at all. Um, and it kind of looks, uh, to me, it looks jank. They did hand it off to a third party and they had them use the engine, like, here, make a game. So, um, and then, uh, did you guys see any of Project Resistance? I did. You did? Of course okay. I did. Yeah. I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see what it looked like. Uh, as far as like the multiplayer aspect, um, I seen the trailer. Uh, it got potential. I don't know. It, I don't know if there's gonna be sixty dollars. Uh, I don't know if there's gonna be a demo. I probably not. It does have Left 4 Dead ish. It has each character has like a special ability like one reduced damages one um 
I'm trying to say. January, she hacks cameras and stuff. One heels. She don't know me three. I don't even know about one or two. Anybody played that? Shenmue. Shenmue three. Oh, Shenmue. I was like, yeah. I was like, what, what, what game are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, she don't know me. I was like, what is that? Shen, Shenmue three. Okay, I. Um, I haven't. So uh, I, I played Shen, one and two. You played one and two, so. In freaking college, <laughs> it was legitimately almost seventeen years ago. It's ridiculous. Back but, on the Dreamcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pers- uh, Persona um, Five, I think. I don't know about so. Yeah, what you were gonna say, Seldrick? So Persona Five. Per- so the thing that they were announced or they they revealed, not a, a necessarily a reveal, but it was like a. It was just a like a the trailer for it rather than like, Oh, here's an announcement. And also they showed off the like intro to the menu. Um, and, uh, persona five, uh, Royale. So, um, it's the same game, but they added stuff to it. Oh, really? Um, yes. So, uh, persona five, I believe first came out, I'm going to say for America. Um, like two years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah. It was not three years ago. It was like two and a half years ago at most. Probably like two years ago. I'm just going to lay it right there. Um, but uh, it was very well received. And then, um, so like what they did with Persona 3, I think F4. they did. Well, I was getting that. Mm-hmm. Persona 3 had FES, which was like, when you had that title, it was Persona 3 plus an add-on of stuff. Not like afterwards, but inside the game. Plus afterwards, and then Persona Four had Persona Four Golden, and that was the same thing. But what they did was they added more voice acting. Sharpie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They added more voice acting. Um, they added more cutscenes, uh, animated cutscenes for that matter, and they added, um, I think, a couple more dungeons, if not one more, um, and then a scenario. Uh, I have only. My experience with Persona is like little, and I've only played through the first half of like Persona Four Golden. Um, but this is what people I remember what people tell me. Yeah, well, um, Persona, Persona Five. Yeah, Persona Four Golden. I think is what well, I never played the original Persona Four, but Persona Four Golden. I heard that they added like an extra dungeon and more voice acting. There was no real anime cutscenes in the Vita version, other than um, because the PlayStation Two. Who version had anime cutscenes, but I couldn't. I, I don't see how they would fit that in the Vita version. Um, and that, uh, and that, and I loved Go- uh, Persona Four Golden. I, I will say that's like the best Vita game I've ever played. Well, they they did have anime uh, cutscenes. If you went into the like the TV menu, like there was like the Persona Four TV. Mm. Did Did you ever go through that? Like the channels? I I don't remember. It's been like more than five years since I played that. Yeah, there's a bunch of like anime that's in there. So like, and then they also have ones that are for specific times within the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that there was anime like cutscenes in them. They just didn't like explicitly put them like those that were in the channel into like the storyline as you played it most of them mm. they didn't do it um but persona 5 royal 
is the same thing. Like they they're adding a new character, they're adding a new scenario, and they're extending the because all the Persona games re, re, uh, are on a time frame basis um, as far as for like a calendar calendar day. They're adding two or three more months to it. I want to say. Um. So yeah, they they showed that off, uh, or not? They showed the game off. They were telling, or they gave like a trailer for it, which uh, still stylish, still rocking, um, all that, and the music is uh, really good for it too. Um, and I missed out on Persona Four, but Royal, I'm glad that I waited for Royal to come out so that way I can get this and play through all of it. Um. But uh, did you guys see any of Final Fantasy VII Remake? Um, I did not, but I'm I'm kind of I've been itching to play another Final Fantasy game. That's not that online stuff that you guys are into, because it seems like that is consuming your lives. I want to play another story mode. Um, Four or six. Shut up. Why you don't like those? Uh, one, I never played four. I played for the, through the first half of six, but don't tell her to like, just go all the way back and be like, oh, just play these really old ones. It's like, it, okay, you, you need to actually like give her some sort of interest. Like, I'm going to guess that like Lady Infamous, wouldn't, would you rather play one that is sprites or would you rather play one that has 3D models? I just know that Final Fantasy VII Remake is starting to intrigue me more versus the older titles. I guess right. it's a remake, so I I want to just see. I'm interested. I might I might dip my toe in there. Um, people talking about it, and and you know some of my friends are like, "You haven't played the first one, the the, the original." I was like, "No, I ain't played the original." Oh, then you gotta try the remake. I mean, it's nothing wrong with trying something new, and I know Final Fantasy fourteen, Lightning Returns, I, Final Fantasy thirteen part two. So I and I'm still when I played Final Fantasy fifteen it was good and it got me intrigued to play more titles. I don't know how far back I'm gonna go, Sharpie, but I am gonna at least give this one a shot. Why not? Yeah, I think I assume Sharpie, you were you're probably like referencing those because that's more We've talked about this like uh, multiple times before. You're more of like the monsters and that kind of fantasy versus like the newer ones, which have a tendency to be a little bit more on the. They could be a little bit more um, dystopian and stuff like that. It's kind more of stuff, right? sci-fi and modern. Uh, like when I say modern, like 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 the world that we currently live in, instead of it being like yeah. like. Like, you know, like in the old Final Fantasy, it's very like gothic fantasy or a gothic high fantasy, I should say. Kind of like, like imagine like in the world of, what do you call it? Lord of the Rings, right? Like that kind of fantasy with kings and yeah, queens that, and all that. That's high fantasy, yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's how it was at least in the first six and nine and 12 or you know the evilly stuff which is why i love final fantasy 14 so much because it kind of goes into that category death stranding um i'm gonna i'm people you know my my comrades my gaming comrades are mostly xbox essential 
So they're really like getting on me about me playing this game. I'm like, yo, it's, I, that's what I bought the PlayStation 4 for. Why didn't, I can't just back out and not play it. I'm trying to not get spoiled with any content or trailers. I'm purposely not looking at them. Yeah, I'm not looking at them either. Uh, what what I heard about Death Stranding is that they were showing gameplay of it, and then people were still like saying, "I still don't know how the fuck this game is going to be played." And that's what intrigues me most about Death Stranding. Isn't we like, don't know what oh, it is. I'm yeah. Well, like I've been watching this gameplay video, and I watched the briefing, and because I've kept up with, or for myself, anyways, like I've been watching every step of like these reveals and stuff i have a sort of like idea of what the story is about and then i know how the gameplay is like i like this from one quote and then watching this gameplay video the just the first session because like tgs was at the end of every day it was death stranding for like an hour um and only watching one of these gameplay videos from TGS, I know exactly how this is played. And um, the quote, or to so, uh, what Kojima was referencing or saying, um, was that he wanted to have... You remember how in um, Metal Gear Solid 1, it was tactical espionage action? That's what sure. like it was deemed, and that that was the subtitle to it. Like when you look at the the game box, or whatever, it's like that's that's what it says: tactical espionage action, mm-hmm. or tactical yep. espionage. So that's what he's going for with this one as well, and um, and with Metal Gear Solid One, like it was a lot more sneaking around, um, and like a lot less getting into firefights. Like a, in the previous, um, like a little bits of gameplay you did see that where like you're not really fighting you're walking around or you're sneaking around or some guys come after you and you're CQCing their ass um and then in this in just the first gameplay session um it's free roam as fuck <laughs> it is free roam as hell and um they showed off going to one base and saying just like metal gear you're sneaking in you're getting supplies, and then um, they also showed some combat, but a lot of the combat is non-lethal. And um, they also showed off uh, finding DBs, or like the, the, the ghosts, or whatever. Um, and, then, um, and then another thing was like, and this is something I haven't heard of in a long time, uh, being brought up, but remember how like there was something going on with oh if you die, and you get pulled under, then it goes into like a continue screen or something like that. You guys remember hearing about that? I did not. I've like legit ignored everything about this game, so I didn't know. But yeah, I didn't hear about All right. that. Well, anyways, um, so they showed off, um, getting pulled under essentially. But what happened was instead of getting like getting pulled over, pulled under, and it was like a, a continue or whatever type of scenario that people were saying like a long time ago, they pulled him under and then dragged him out to the ocean and then fought a big boss. And it was like this big, huge, like uh, black goo ink uh, monster with four legs and it looks alien like. Um, and because like a lot of your shit is non lethal fucking Norman Reedus is hucking grenades at this thing and trying to, like, back it down and stuff. Um, 
and then I, I just scrubbed through it. But there's a like a lot of customization that they showed off. Um, they showed off like carrying more boxes on you. Norman Reed is being UPS delivery man. That's what it is. That's um, what I, that's what I'm getting at. And they're like, oh, you ought to be playing delivery person simulator. I was like, shit, I played New Vegas, and that was the same thing. He was a delivery person, my main character. Well, so that and like, I'm gonna like just keep going on and on and on about this, but this that actually leads me to talk about the briefing video that they showed off mm-hmm. or not specifically at TGS, but it was like, here's the briefing trailer for the game. Um, and this was kind of already talked about before in like, in a different video. Um, that wasn't like a developer video, but they talked about, um, what Norman Reedus's mission is or like what the mission of, um, death stranding is. And, um, in this briefing video, it's, I want to say Norman Reedus's ex-wife, <laughs> I I don't know, like love interest that he used to have, who's um going to be in line for being president, um and it turns out she's been captured, and uh sh- she's being held hostage by these uh resistance military uh guerrillas or whatever, um and uh all of America as well as like the world is disconnected. But for America, um, there's these base points that they used to have, and now they don't have them anymore since, like, this whole DB shit started to happen. Um, They now all got disconnected, and Norman Reedus has to go across America and connect all these points together and get to the other side and find this woman and essentially bring her back and bring hope for america and stuff like that but throughout this trailer like norman reeves is like nah fuck you i don't want to do this i don't want to use that i don't want to be used anymore i'm not your puppet anymore and then they're like oh man i i fucking but we need you we you're we know you can do this obi-wan kenobi um <laughs> uh, you're like he's like the last they they know he can do it and he's like nah I'm not doing it. And he walks out and that's like the it. end of the briefing trailer. <laughs> um, but here you go. He's doing it anyways. Um, so, um, I'm not really sure what the, what the point is for him being non-lethal. Um, and what that is, uh, I, I, I we, it, I guess it goes into, it might go into his character. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what the story. Uh, I mean, as far as for what the initial mission is supposed to be, and it's pretty much a princess rescue mission. <laughs> well, I put it. I put it so plainly, okay. but it's like you have to go out. You have to save a woman, but also connect all the dots together across America and restore these restore points and stuff like that because there's a DB invasion or whatever. I am like so confused something. on what you. What you... <laughs> trying to explain to me this whole time <laughs> i was like i'm we- starting to lose it like like i was i was starting to lose it like two minutes and i was like okay so it's- it still doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> so that's the thing like the thing is is that like i when it comes to like stories and um uh sort of um mechanics that are happening within the world and it's like but how is this even possible it's like it's that suspension of like disbelief 
or it's, it's 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 suspending that like you don't know how it works but it's fine that you don't know how it works because that's the way that things are like i don't know like in the science of things i don't know what how or what these dbs are i don't know what these bbs are <laughs> except that they're babies like less than one-year-olds being stuffed inside these little boxes or uh like incubators this uh simulating a womb but you need this child to be able to make contact with dbs i don't know like i don't know like the magic behind it i just know that it's a thing and i'm just accepting it until i get the game in my hands and so it can explain it to me so it's kind of like hey how's that black mage conjure fire well you could use that ether that is within the earth okay shut up i don't know what you're talking about what's ether like okay it just yeah, makes you'll fire know when from you the play earth. the game yeah, you'll know when you play the game. But, like, that's the general synopsis of, like, here's some key points that you need to, like, keep in your mind and then go ahead and get the game and start reading the dialogue or the files if you want to and spend, like, another 20 hours reading these files to figure out what the hell's going on, which I will be doing. Holy shit. Because I want to learn everything about this universe. Um, and then they also explained, or they were showing in this gameplay session... How the online works? Did you guys see anybody say any, see anything about that? No. I'm sorry. No. Didn't right. even know there was online. Okay, so the online. Um, remember our whole huge like discussion thing of like, uh, uh remembering of what uh start uh, the, um, No Man's Sky was in the beginning mm -hmm. and how it was multiplayer, but it wasn't really multiplayer. Mm hmm. But you saw everybody else's name that was claiming and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay, so not in this, it's in the same vein, where it's like, it's not directly multiplayer. And you don't meet other character, or, uh, other people. But you see what other people have done in the world before you, or are doing at the same time. Um, and the first thing that they showed was, um, well, <laughs> actually the very first thing that they showed was, um, Norman Reedus taking a leak, and then Kojima saying, "Oh yeah, if more people pay, pee in the same spot, mushrooms will grow, and those mushrooms will be very special." Um, but uh, they showed also people's name tags on top of these ladders that other people have put that they have crossed, and they left them there. And so you can use those ladders to cross, and you don't have to spend a ladder. To cross it because you have like finite resources um and then uh other it, like and then other supply drops that other people have dropped um have left care packages um as well as during that boss fight that i was talking about i don't know how this happens but there was a like white sort of um it looked like a um mannequin but it was a moving mannequin um and he was just shoving it or uh, like items into the air towards you and like giving you some items for you to fight the monster with and i don't know if that was in real time or if that was like oh yeah like you could plant this thing in this specific area or if you beat this boss at this specific area then you'll provide help for the next person that comes by or whatever so other people have an effect on the world for your progress to be able to find other items or they'll actually be more helpful in the universe and that's actually kind of 
what Kojima was trying to get at um, when making this game, like sort of rebuilding this world, but it's not a solo project. Like while in the story, it's a solo project, but it's other people within this game universe in their figments. They don't call them figments, but I'm calling them that these figments as well as the actual real life that we live in people helping out this game and the universe. So I assume you're going to be getting this day one, right? Uh, Zeldrick? I'm going to try to. <laughs> okay. That's your intent. I'm going to try to. Yeah. I- I'm sorry. Like half of that, I kind of zoned out because I was like, I'm getting more and more confused as you're trying to explain it to me. So I was like, so either we can, because I want to go back to final fantasy seven or we can talk more about this. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was, I was like, I should just wait for this game to just come out and not hear anything more about it until I have my hands well, on it. I mean, if you have a question, like I could try to answer it for you. Mm. Like, what was that first question that was like I totally zoned out? It's more like. I just want to wait till the game comes out and not learn anything more about it. I'm guessing that's that's what All I'm right. trying to. I think that's what my mindset is trying to tell me. You know, you know what this feels like for me. What I imagine how you describe it is is exactly how I felt in um, Town of Salem. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's kind of like I was. Everybody was describing like all this stuff that they knew and stuff, but when you listen to it, as a person who doesn't know anything it's hard to put it all together. You just kind of like need to experience it yourself sometimes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, kind of why I I also was like, I'm just going to not even bother like, you know, looking at videos or gameplay or anything like that. Cause I was, I had enough interest in the beginning where I'm like, I'm going to play this, but, um, I know, I know what happens with Kojima games. They could get a little confusing. They can get a little bit confusing and also a little bit weird sometimes. Exactly. So I'm like, maybe um, I'm guessing I'm, I'll understand it as I'm playing. Yeah, I, like it'll it'll all be there. I, well, the one thing I'm hoping is that there's going to be files that I mean, it would be great if they had a whole bunch of cutscenes that explain stuff to you. But I also as as a bare minimum, they have files and for you to read. This is what happens. This is like what's going on this is why x y and z happens with a b c and stuff like that and like here's the history behind this guy and this guy because they they kind of already have that um to an extent with metal gear games like they have these files and they also go to people's backgrounds and as far as for generally how things work um but for this because it's a little bit more uh, out of... Well, I won't say like out of the realm of possibility because there's a lot of shit in Metal Gear that was out of the realm of possibility. Um, but uh, because it extends to stuff that is not real and like it seems like, you know, going to a spiritual side of the planet, like I hope that there are... that there is that section of explanation that you can read up on. Um, cause I'm totally digging into this and this is the reason why I've been like eating up all of these videos 
and trying to get as much information don't as I can. Spoiled, that way, like, don't get overspoiled. Yeah, that's what I feel like it's gonna happen. That's why I I'm not doing. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to like not get into watching more and more videos about it. Well, this could be like a different conversation of what like what is spoiled. What is being spoiled on a game or a movie or well not a movie but for a game to different people because for me it is and like i can we can already see how you guys would be spoiled when it comes to a game for me it's completely different because like the story is not even like being explained like i'm getting a like oh here's the intro video or here's the like the mission briefing or like here's like a couple of gameplay mechanics for me, I want to know that because I want to know how this world works. But I'm not being spoiled by the story because I don't know what's going to happen in the middle and the end. And like, actually, also in the beginning, they're not going to show everything. But like, I want to know what I'm getting myself into. That's fair. And that way, I know. Well, for one, the do I actually want to spend money on it? And two, being more well informed so that way, like, not. It, just so I have a better understanding and have a better grasp as I'm going along instead of like, okay, I need like 10 minutes to like have this information sink in. I don't want to have that moment. I want to be able to like, okay, I know what A, B, and C is and then keep like hit the ball running. So, um, like, that's why even for like live letters for like Final Fantasy, I want to know all about that stuff. Or, like, what's going into, like, these the story trailers, or what's going into these job fixes, or whatever. Not job <laughs> fixes, but, like, the new um, job actions and stuff like that. Like, I want to know all these things. Because I want to know my, what I'm getting myself into. Um, Even knowing the name of the game is a spoiler for me. <laughs> I don't want to know anything. I don't even want to know who's developing it. I can't really tell if you're joking because <laughs> I've had so many. Well, here's the thing: I've had so many conversations with you where it's just like, "Oh man, have you heard of this game?" And you're like, "Nope." And I was like, "Do you want me like to give you the name, give like tell you about it?" And you're like, "Nope." I saw one picture and I'm already sold. And it's like, "Wow, all right." Well, because there's, so, I think there's um there's something to, and this doesn't always work out in your favor, but there's something to like going into a game and like having no real expectations in terms of like, oh, I know what's going on or I don't like I, I always bring up um Wolf Among Us as a great example of it where I'm like, yeah, I know it's a telltale game. Yeah, I know what kind of gameplay they have, but like other than that, no expectations. And you just like things can surprise you. Like to me, the more stuff that can surprise me, the better the experience in most cases. And like I said, I know that sometimes the the surprise is not a good one. It definitely ha- sometimes happens where I play a game and I'm like off of, you know, a couple of minutes of footage that I've watched and I play it and it's straight up horrible. But um, for something that usually if I if I've decided that I'm going to play it, I'm usually like, yeah, I just rather just be surprised by whatever it is. Yeah, not the name of the maybe game. Like, <laughs> maybe like maybe maybe about like a year ago, I would have been in the same shoes as like what Zeldrick is doing. But like now I'm just like. I'm just gonna wait for the game to come out because it like Kojima never really disappointed me other than like parts of Metal Gear Solid Four, but other than but that that's how I I'm starting to see it now. I'm like, well, it's a Kojima game. What could really go wrong? Well, I mean, the other thing is that like when you 
because like <laughs> it's also uh the worth of somebody's sixty dollars because like it to me like that sixty dollars is like wow um I'm gonna hold on to that for dear life <laughs> so I want to know what I'm getting myself into that's another thing um but also like say that with like cyberpunk if there was like one thing that within like gameplay mechanics or just something about it that i had missed in a briefing trailer or a gameplay trailer or whatever and i totally missed that and then i pay my 60 dollars and i'm just like wow um i hate this game i just wasted 60 bucks like, sure. I want to be able to know what I'm getting myself into. But also because I because I love what has already been described, I'm going to follow up on it. And the surprises for me is not gameplay mechanics and uh, combat systems and stuff like that. It's the points and beats of the story and what the story is and then how the gameplay mechanics meld in with those story points that create that oh shit moment or that like hype level or that crescendo of like this is it here's a like a huge battle or here's a defining moment or whatever like those still all get me but like that's all i can say because i'm just going to repeat myself so um uh was there any any other game at tokyo game show no nah. For AAA titles, not really. No. Okay. I do want to um, talk about some things I saw on Steam. Okay. Um, and, and I, I, uh, I know you do too. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, I only have like a couple. Yeah, of them I only have like three. But, um, but uh, before we just gloss over it, Final Fantasy VII. I already said I'm gonna dip my toe in it, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat right there. I'm like, I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to know any more about it that until I actually get my hands on it. No. Yeah. Uh, same here. I, all right, indie titles <laughs> then, I guess. I mean, this is gonna be very quick for me. Like, I, I'm just, it, it might, it might be a short segment here. Orange Blood. It just looks like a mm. like a classic pixel, like over the top pixel game. And I don't know okay. too much about it other than it looks cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw it on Steam. No, I have. No, I haven't. I haven't been on Steam I, this week. I, I, I wish I had the um, the page on Steam to be able to look at these games because I've never heard of this one, but I probably would have seen it. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna post it. Post it here. Okay. Um, well, anyways, so um, Orange Blood, like it, it's made by the same guy uh, or the same people. It's play, uh, well, it's published by Playism, so they usually tend to do a lot of pixel-like games. It's like what okay. they did with uh, like Luna Nights. Okay. And I'm gonna and uh, I am. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so, so I'm gonna be. I wanna look more into that hopefully like it's not even out yet so i'm gonna get i want to get into that 
another one I saw was Gun Vault Chronicles. Um, what was it called? Like Luminous Adventures IX. It's not nine because the I is lowercase. Gunvolt Chronicles. Yeah, it's like a. Huh. It it looked kind of like Mega Man. Um. Yeah. So like, <laughs> the there was a Gunvolt game, Azure Striker Gunvolt. Um, did you ever play that one? No. Or maybe I don't. I don't remember. Um. So. That one fell under the radar with like, um. I think it was around the same time as like Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm. I, f- I remember hearing both of them at the same time. Oh, okay. Um but but uh Azure Striker uh Gunvolt would be like go ahead and look into that because that it that was it's the same thing as you're talking about, like it's same line and everything, but that did can't come out before and um just like Megman, yeah. And the Pixel art is really good for it too. Yeah, and it's coming out relatively soon too, and like while we're gonna be at TwitchCon. Okay. Yeah, so I was looking at that, and another game I was looking at is One Step from Eden. Uh, I do I? It I, looks I yeah, that. it looks like uh, Mega Man Battle Network. The the combat. Oh, set. I've had that wish listed on my uh my Steam list forever. Yeah, I am as soon as I saw the gameplay footage of this, I don't know how long ago, probably like a year ago, I was like, Mega Man Battle Network, sign me the fuck up. And I just saved it. So, um, coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the so those are the three indie or would you call it indie? Yeah, I guess you can call them indie games or low budget games. I would. I, I don't know what to call them. I would not call them low budget. Just not I would AAA. I guess. Yeah, just not AAA. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that amounts to. Yeah. I mean, you, I was, I would still call them indie games because if you're an, uh, a, a, t- a developer that's being published. By someone that's big name, you're not. You're still not technically a triple A. You're an indie title. Mm-hmm. So, um, the uh, the three that I saw were was um, Book of Travels, and that one. Um, <laughs> the one phrase here is a tiny multiplayer online, um, and with all of these that I saw, or the three that I saved. Um, the immediately what got me interested was the artwork and um, this one is like it's more painted than like it's more like a painting than anything else um, the illustration is beautiful but the way that it is described as a tiny multiplayer online RPG um, is like let's see other players are few, but your paths will cross. It's up to you to choose a tra- to travel together or go it alone. Find vehicles to reach far-flung p- places or just amble through woods together. The absence of guilds and social structures makes your temporary fellowships unique and memorable. So my idea is that... Um, did you guys ever play Journey? Yes. Um, yes. On PlayStation, okay. right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, like on Xbox. Just Don't try to be smart. <laughs> Don't try to be smart. <sighs> So it's in the same line. It seems like it's just in the same line as like Journey, where it's just like, yeah, like you have some random follower that like you get together with, and then you solve this puzzle together and everything, but you don't have a name tag. You don't have like a way to communicate with them. I don't know about this, like if you have no way of communicating with them, but like you're with them for a little bit, and 
or in well for the case of journey you could be with them throughout the entire game but like you're with them for a little bit and then they go off on their way um and it's kind of like um creating that sense of like helping out while like it is to your own benefit to help out it's also like creating this a little bit like a community ecosystem where it's like it's forming this like tiny little party um because you kind of have to but you end up helping each other either way because it gets all of you guys through together um and i thought that was really really cool um i think the one thing that's kind of throwing me off about it is just the line of uh, there's no overarching goal, no real beginning or end. That kind of throws me off a little bit because it feels like what what do you? Well, that and the fact that they mentioned that you can role play, social role playing experience. It's kind of like what what do you do in the game? I guess. Um, this game this is a game for wayfinders and wanderers, and it won't plan your, out your route. Instead, it will trust you to play it in your own style and to shape your own journey. Whichever way you choose to travel, you'll soon be adding your own chapters to the book of travels. So it is the journey. It is doing what you want in this world in its own line of things to do. And just traveling. It's just doing stuff in it. Uh, like, okay. I could say the same thing of just like, oh, real life. Like, you just, you, you do your own thing. Like, you have this sort of ecosystem uh you know it's not really what the end goal is it's the journey that matters well sure but like i guess um i'm just curious like how it translates if it's like i don't know it, it almost sounds like they're saying we're not giving you really anything to do per se you just do whatever you want at which point i mean certain things certain things kind of work like that like a minecraft or whatever but i'm if the object is just to get somewhere then what's kind of the gameplay or is there not really gameplay is it just kind of like you're literally supposed to be role-playing some characters trying to go somewhere well on youth productions wouldn't you want to be surprised and not know about it until the game comes out so you know what it's about absolutely not (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go like i wish i could tell you more and that but, but like, that's a function a game... of like their description of it if it, if it right if but it... like the function of like just stranding's first description was pretty fucking vague and you're like i'm sold already well so, because they know, have actually... they at least showcasing that they have a story that you're following this doesn't seem to have any they, they literally saying no goal no real beginning or end so that that tells me well, I mean, that says to me, I don't know how it's going to play out in the end, that, like, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's any direction, per se. Which, you know, if you show me a story where I'm intrigued by, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Whatever. It's a little bit different. Um, But this one, yeah, because it's just kind of like, because they say there's not much direction, I'd want to know what you're expecting me to do. Well, you're just going to have to wait and find out. Oh, I know. I definitely know that. Uh, the other game was Witch, and I, there's barely, well, the first line anyways is barely any description, um, but this is another game that I found extremely intriguing with the art style, because the art, um, direction is, it's a completely 3D world, but, like, you're playing, um, 
but your character and all the characters in it are is a it's just it's it's illustrations and wait artwork. Say, say that again um, what was what's the name of the game which like like w-i-t-c-h oh okay. yes you don't know which one do you um but uh anyways uh it's in uh, a 2d and 3d indie G- jrpg coming soon for uh from heart oh Spring that Studios. looks tight but like it's it seems like it's a standard turn-based rpg but like, visually it, it looks I, tight <laughs> Yeah, so it it sells on visuals alone, and all I have to go off of is that it's a standard turn based RPG. Um, I don't know anything about the story. It seems like that is just some warring lands, um, but uh, think for anybody that hasn't seen this, um, think of it as like um, you're looking at a level or at at stuff in Skyrim. Like not the same type of texture quality or whatever, but it's a three D world. Um, or actually, for that matter, if you extend uh, the uh, sort of visuals, um, Bloodborne, um, and uh, like graphically the three D uh, rendering of the buildings and stuff, but your characters are two D images and sprites, and high quality ones at that too. Like they look really, really good. Um, so. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then there was uh, the last thing I'll talk about is um, Gensokyo Night Festival, uh, which uh, 2D action and exploration game. Like it's it's this chibi esque looking um, like sprite game that kind of looks like um, Cave Story, along with like some visuals. Uh, well, like uh, sort of like. Uh, spooky visuals, uh, sort of, you know how, um, uh, anime and, um, sort of magic, how it's portrayed, like, with the ghostly flames and stuff like that? It's kind of like that. Um, like, ancient Japan sort of stuff. Wait, is this um, a Toho no. character, guys? I don't know. Uh, you know Toho? I don't. It just looks Yeah, cool. it looks so. like, well, I, I'm not even sure if it is, but the, the character design looks like a Toho character design it's it's the aesthetics um that sold me more like ancient japan spooky stuff uh ghosty stuff um and then it was the pixel art so um already that's like six games from us that is just like a whole bunch of t- indie tiles that look really really did good did you guys see the uh, blood or- um what was it blood orange or uh, orange I, orange blood I, <laughs> I put it on discord um I, i'm i'm looking at it right now and the uh have no way of comparing these visuals to something like i recalled this type of visual look um as far as for the art style of the of the, like the pixels and stuff but i can't yeah tell i you have the exact where. same thing i'm feeling the exact same thing i was like i know i've seen this somewhere i just can't recall where it is well at any rate it um Sort of, it has the camera view angle as like crosscode, um, and Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and this time like the pixel art's really clean, like it, like uh, you can tell it's I pixel, s- but it's not. It's also like smooth at the same time. Yeah, like, um, would you compare this pixel work to like Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, but I don't think Scott Pilgrim was the first to do it either. 
No, 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 but I'm in more relativity. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, this looks. It, I mean, as far as the visuals, it looks really good. Uh, I'm. I don't know anything about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And then, it um, looks like an yeah, RPG. Like an, that... it's either an RP like a a standard turn based RPG or an action RPG. Yeah, but I mean, for all we know, it can suck ass. Mm-hmm. So, um, it it looks pretty though. Yep. It's a good start. All right. So what's our next topic? <clears throat> Next topic, Civil. Uh, hey guys, who who played Civilization? Did you guys ask for a battle royale? Nope. No. Nobody I'm asked not, for a battle I'm not really royale. Really bad at it though. Did you guys watch the trailer <laughs> on how bad the voice acting is? I'm I'm good. I'm 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 so good on on battle royale mode. When you when it's wait yeah. So the battle royale. So wait a minute. The the voice. You say the voice acting's bad. Are you talking? Did they add voice acting to it? No, no, no. The, I'm to talking the, about the trailer. I, was, I don't think the voice acting was bad. It seemed like it was intentionally campy. Like they were trying to be ridiculous. It seemed like. But oh wait, oh so it's the voices over the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not talking about voices in the oh, game. Oh, okay. Because no. I was like, why are you like add voices to it? Like I don't uh, did. Or I, actually, the question would have been, I don't know, I understand why they would be bad because their voice acting in their standard game is good. So I don't know what the turn no, was. No, the, the trailer's <laughs> voice acting. Yeah, you're just yeah. trying to be campy. But I mean, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not particularly mad at it specifically because I think um, the issue with BR has been that we've had, for the most part, only one kind of BR meaning like yeah. shooters. So like you get Tetris 99, for example, and people could be like, oh, is it, you know, why did they have to add a BR mode to Tetris? But it's actually really fun. So I'm not mad at like Civ, like in the sense that I could see it possibly being fun for some people. Um, it's just, I think we're mostly all kind of done with BR shooters because that's been the or majority just, of it. For me, I think it's just BR in general. I mean, you just told us you were you were still in the Tetris ninety nine though, right? Yeah, well I play it because it's Tetris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So VR? conceptually, if somebody plays Civ and might just love Civ, then they might there might be a lot of people who want to play a Civ BR. Especially considering I would imagine a Civ BR isn't really that much different than I mean, I think they had different it seemed like they had different like character classes and stuff like that that I'm pretty sure I didn't personally see in the game before. I also didn't play a ton of it, but um, it's still kind of like, it sounds like it's multiplayer Civ, except for with a lot more teams, well, a lot more players, I guess. So to me, it, it doesn't even sound like it would be that different per se from Civ multiplayer already. It's just kind of like, oh, here's a cool, well, I mean, cool with air quotes. You People could judge if they want to, but um, here's a mode where, like, you know, a lot more people can all play together. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. I'm just mad every time I hear there's like a new, you know, Fallout is getting their BR mode or like Shooter X is getting their BR mode or whatever. Because those, you know, they don't really seem to try to break the formula very much. Um, I mean, also, I don't, I don't have that much experience with Civ, so I don't even know. For all I know, everybody who likes Civ might be like, this is, you know, BS. Mm-hmm. 
It's a, it's a hard pass for me. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are going to get into it. A lot of people, like, based off of, you know, the the YouTube comments for that, it says, like, people th- thought it was, like, an April Fool's joke, not on April 1st. Well, I mean, with that video, I'm not surprised. That's what I said. It seems like it's trying to be super campy, and it doesn't seem like it's in the same style that you would typically see content from Civ in. So I wouldn't be surprised if people thought it was supposed to be a joke, but... um. I also think that there's probably a it's hard to trust the internet because I think a lot of people would react specifically to battle royale mode. Like the minute they hear that, it's just like oh, off the table. So I mean, I'm I'm just kind of I'll I'll wait and see. I'm kind of curious to see what that translates to, and if it translates to um, nothing interesting, then I'm like, yeah, okay, there there you go, another BR mode that didn't need to exist. But um, again, I'm not mad at him. All right, next up, GameStop. They're closing up 180 to 200 store. 95% of them are being profitable. It's like, why <laughs> if it's profitable? And then what they, said, what they said was, well, that is an impressive statistic. We have a clear opportunity to improve our overall profitability by de-densifying our chain. And then for my first question was, what the hell does de-densifying mean? So I tried looking that up, and then it said something like, to be, to, what was it called? Like, um, to act or process of becoming less dense. And I'm like, yep, that, it, it's, it's, the meaning is exactly this, what it says in the word, which still, I'm still confused on what that even means. But we, mean, if, you have less stores, you're de-densifying. I mean, it's not like it's a surprise. It's, it's bound to happen. They've been trying to bounce back for like the last couple of years. But 95% of those closing stores is profitable. Yeah, but what does that mean, though? So, like, let's say, for example, it caught their operating costs for whatever reason were, you know, a million dollars at a store. If they make, like, $1.2 million at the end of the year... That's profitable. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's worthwhile to have, like, to only be bringing in $200,000 from a, a given GameStop. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, just being in pot in the green doesn't necessarily mean it makes business sense to have it open. I mean, technically, if you make a dollar, you're profitable. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah, I'm sure they. Honestly, I think, I think the, uh, Lady Infamous is probably like onto it worse. They're just they're just trying to play catch up and trying to figure out how to um, rehash their whole, you know, how they do business and like how they have their stores out there because they're just kind of falling behind at this point. I think it's kind of in the same vein of Blockbuster where they don't seem to be trying to keep up with everyone else. I think they should just or close. Or maybe they don't know how. I think they should just close everything out. Yeah, but I mean. Not if they got a layaway plan for the Nintendo Switch because I'm on it. Yeah, Walmart probably has a layaway plan for the Nintendo Switch. I don't think there's no Walmart near me. There's only Target or Best Buy. Oh, there's a Best Buy. I'm sure Target does too. But yeah, um, it's it's, they they're just trying to play catch. Like I said, they're trying to play catch up. They're trying to make try to stay afloat. Basically, it's just that the digital world and Amazon is just eating them up. You know how much. Yeah, I just it it, it, is, it is what it is. It's it's the times. It really is. 
probably next 10 years from now, there won't be like that many like retail stores out there. So, because mostly everybody's going to get their stuff through online. And that's what people are doing right now. They're not going to GameStop no more unless they want that $5 pre, uh, code for, for their betas, like Call of Duty. I bet they got a, some some profit off of that. But I know that it's, it's just, it's just going to happen. It's, eventually, they're all going to shut down. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Lady Infamous, I have a question mind. for you. What? Would you pay $15 for a fridge in Fallout 76? No, come on. That's a dumb question you asked me. I looked at the article. I'm thinking it's a physical fridge. I'm like, okay, I, I can I can buy a physical fridge and put a couple of sodas in there for fifteen no, bucks. <laughs> no, but you talking about you talking about a digital fridge in Fallout seventy six? I'm like the I don't know why I don't fuck with it, so I'm not paying for it. <laughs> it it's ridiculous, and you know that, and you wanted to ask me that. Yeah, you know I did. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I haven't played this game in months, though. You just wanted to know how I felt about it. But you already know how I feel about Fallout 76, don't you? Yeah, well, it's more like, what are they doing? What is Bethesda doing? You act doing? like I work for Bethesda! <laughs> no, that's uh, I'm trying to think, like, what what do you guys think that they're thinking, too? I know Zeldrick um, doesn't care, because he doesn't have... Do you, Zeldrick doesn't have the game. I think a sheep doesn't have the game. The reason why he don't got the game, he saw me play it, and he was like, no, nah, I don't want that shit either. So, is the only well, I was part- never getting the game. Oh, you was never getting uh, the game? No, nah, I never wanted Fallout 76. Oh, the minute they said it was like kind of an MMO, I was that that's never <laughs> been my thing, so. I don't care, I, man. Is they going somebody going to buy it? It ain't going to be me though. So, it don't phase me about no $15 physical uh digital fridge <laughs> on Fallout 76. I mean, this is just like opening the floodgates to shit talk. Yeah, that's it. That's all it was. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. That's all. It was. And uh, like, it, I mean, in-game in transactions or uh, uh, microtransactions. That's what they're trying to get at. And like, what there wasn't, there hasn't been any other game. Okay, we're not going to talk about their uh, uh, Elder Scrolls uh, card game. But, like, microtransactions in a Bethesda game. There hasn't been one, has there? I know I ain't spent no money on ass. I don't spend my $80, so... Well, uh, no, you guys, was there a microtransaction in any other games? On the Fallout? No. Not 4, not 3, not Vegas. No microtransactions. None of the other schools had them either. And we're not talking about the card game, and then like any—I don't think with any of the games Does that they ESO have it. Either. I'm not sure. I never played it. ESO, I think maybe. I think that falls under a different type of line, though, just because it is an MMO. Mm-hmm. And like, even if it does, then like it, the game is doing well as far as for people talking about it. Um. And even then, like, it seems like that the microtransactions, if there are any, aren't hindering them at all. But when it comes to Fallout 76, like, here's one more thing. They're, like, they want to add in a microtransaction. And they want to... It's... Microtransactions are, like, old news. And it's not like they're not profitable. But they're trying to cash in on the microtransaction game. And it's like, nah, like... The world has already had this conversation, and you've already fucked up on your game. We're not buying into this. Like, what the hell are you doing? 
Like, just like Lady Infamous said, for like three different podcasts. Like, you gotta fix your, sh- fix your shit up first. You gotta fix your game first before you start adding stuff to it. Like, this is bullshit. What do you, what do you, uh, besides adding food to it, what does it do? Is it another storage space? It's a, it adds, it, it slows down the deterioration of your food. <laughs> so, like, real life, it's like, a, it acts like a real fridge. Okay, alright. Um, I don't think there's much else to say about how atrocious this is. I really don't got nothing else to say. It's, it's, I'm... Actually, I ha- I do have one thing I to got say. Else to okay, say about that, about no. So, fatigue. like, your base already gets power, or you can build power for you it. You have to build power for your base. Right, but you you can build power. So before now, there wasn't a fridge that you could build yourself. No, apparently not. If they charging it. They were planning for this shit. This was completely planned. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh man, like, well, we have this mechanic that is just like, it, uh, you can craft. I mean, food deteriorates over time. You can craft and stuff. But you have to buy $15 to get this fridge. <laughs> to, yeah, to be able to, like, make your gameplay easier. It's just like, no, the fuck. This was completely planned from the start. They want these microtransactions to work for them, and it's not. This is bullshit. Yeah, and now, next up, we'll be talk Bioware updates. When was the last time you heard about Bioware? Man, nobody care about no Bioware. They they messed up with Anthem, and they messed up with Mass Effect's Andromeda, so what I care about they uh, updates for. Okay, well, anyways, I, so uh, for, the, for, like, the three no, no, people that's playing, for the three people that's playing Anthem right now, there's an update so you, for it. So who's playing Anthem in here? <laughs> Who playing Anthem in here in this podcast? Probably somebody, somebody listening to this podcast. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Let's let's keep it real though. I mean, Anthem just went on the vault with and just went from like being retail. You can go on the vault if you have EA access. You can play Anthem for free. I I know some people. I ain't gonna call out no names. That was like, hey, lady, play Anthem. Go get the game. It's 60 bucks, brand new. New fireware shit. Go play, go play. It's a space looter shooter. I'm like, I'll let me play the demo, and then I'll get back right back to you. I played the demo. It didn't judge me. Something in my bones was like, look, it ain't, this ain't even $60 worth. And I'm glad that I have some type of senses on me, because this game has been nothing but disappointment to the fans who people who actually bought the game. I, I'm like laughing on the inside because I try to tell people about this game. I'm like, there's something wrong with the development of this game, and I don't think it's, it's up to its full potential. And come to find out, after the release of Anthem, they had little shady little businesses or shady little dirt behind Bioware that, to me, that affected the development of this game. So. I don't think there's a lot of people really caring about Anthem right now. And if they do, my opinion, good good for them. But I know, I don't I don't hear nobody talking about no Anthem in my circle. But you, but you do realize that a lot of people care about Bioware, right? I don't think Bioware. A lot of people. Because the, there was that Bioware magic back in the day, especially that's with back, Nights of the Old Republic. Back, but, but that's back in the days, though. Everybody can be... I'm gonna, so you, and I'm going to cut you off. A lot of people care about Bioware. Do you care the about... Thing about Anthem, okay. Do, I care about Bioware a fucking shit ton. And you know what? This this Anthem bullshit of what... Like, 
I'm going to uh, bring up some old news. This Anthem bullshit is completely on EA. That is exactly what's going on. This is nothing. This has nothing to do with Bioware. This is Bioware trying to like make up the difference for what EA shit on them with. So did you pay for Anthem? No, I didn't buy and it. I, I played and the I'm demo pretty sure... and I was like, oh, hey, I'm talking. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I played the demo and I was like, this is a cool concept. All of this that's being shown to me is not done well, though. And I wish that Anthem was made better and it was not made on crunch time and was not made on um, pieces of a failed project. That Bioware was just meant to, like, uh, just fucking work your magic and see what you can do with it. Like, Bioware was handed a shit hand when they were given uh, Anthem. And it's not like it was somebody, some other company before it. Bioware was working on it, and then there was an idea for it. But then, like, they had something else for it, and then they scrapped, like, almost 90% of it. It was like, okay, do this instead. And they had to, like, work six months into it to, like, try to make this what we have now. So this is this is completely uh, on EA, and I, it, without a shadow of a doubt, and it's also out, been out there, and I care about Bioware because the the rumor was if Anthem fails, Bioware fails, because that's what EA does. Bioware is still up and running, but we don't know for how long. Yeah, Bioware should wait a minute. Bioware should have known who they was dealing with before they started the game. It wasn't like, Hold on, wait, a minute. I wait, 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 but, let me finish, let me finish, yeah. let me finish. Now, we all know, as normal people in video games, that EA hasn't been the best like the last couple of years, right? So, as me as a Bioware, if I'm, if I'm like making moves in Bioware, I, I have to look at their track records just to see if they're going to be able to do Anthem justice. How did they not think that this would be a good thing? I mean... Did they overshadow the money op- options or how much they were going to get paid? But if you making, if you doing projects that involves people, hours, money, and you're collaborating with other people, you have to take a look at their portfolio. You have to take a look at what they made, and you have to look mm-hmm. at how the people respond to that company. And everybody knows, as of now, EA ain't been good. So... I can understand that, you know, you're you like Bioware, that's your shit, that's your company, you feel like they got fucked from EA, but you gotta understand that you're not making the decisions that they're making. They made a choice to work with EA on this game, and they have to reap the consequences of it, just like everything else we do here. But they're still under contract with EA, and it's not like they could separate from EA just so easily. Because EA has a grasp on Bioware as well as, like, a couple of these other companies. It's like, okay, do this. Like, you have to get our approval with this stuff or here's something that we want you to make or whatever. EA has the say in a lot of this stuff. And when you when you come down to track record with Bioware, you could... We could start listing off and then start going into what was what were the bad ones and then they where's the rocky start and it's like at, right now bioware kind of is it's kind of a mixed bag but it, it's entirely on how ea treats them for that one specific project we don't know okay so dragon age one that was good dragon age two was eh. dragon age inquisition i heard mixed things i heard really good i heard not so good 
So Mass Effect, Mass Effect 1, that was really good. Mass Effect 2, that was even better. Mass Effect 3, wow, that was a letdown of an ending. Mass Effect Andromeda, that was a completely different, like, resetting. And then when we saw gameplay stuff, it was like, okay, a lot of the stuff looks jank as shit. And then they kind of fixed it up in a different trailer, and then we get it, and it's like, wow, this is a trash fire. And then the next game that we have now is Anthem. Like, that, that is before we even get into the uh, um, old uh, Knights of the Old Republic stuff, and then going before Dragon Age 1. Like, at this point, like, because EA has such a tight grip on any company that they hold, and Bioware, as far as for the last few games, it's kind of rocky. And it's like, if you're looking at a Bioware game, you're thinking, oh, I hope what they're making they had time with, and they are given some sort of liberties with it, or are able to take this project the way that they want. It's EA, so that last thing you can kind of already answer. But you don't know until you see it. And it's like, it's not that, oh man, Bioware, but man, EA, what are you doing? Achieve, how you well, feel? Bioware can't, oh, I, I wanna, I wanna Bioware know what Achieve so feels about this update, because I haven't heard what he had to say. Hello? What do you mean about this update? The Anthem update, the Bioware update. Oh, I've never played Anthem. I, have, I don't all? know anything about the game. No. There's like certain games that are like... Uh, Basically, you know, going along with what we were saying earlier, there's typically two things that will dictate whether or not I'm interested in the game and then whether or not I play it. Anthem looked super interesting in the beginning. I, I was like really jazzed on it when they showed um, showed it initially at E3. Um, but then like when it came out, all it took was like three days before everybody was saying like this game isn't what it what we thought it would be. And I just, I just stopped paying attention. Like it's kind of a, it's always been kind of like my vote with my wallet kind of thing. Like if my, if a, if a development company doesn't make a game I want, I just say that's on them or it could be on the publisher or whatever too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion on it per se. Are we all glad that we didn't buy this game when it was super hyped? I, I already knew that. I already, I already knew. I'm looking at my homegirls like, man, y'all bought this shit. Y'all bought. Honestly, this- I'm not even gonna necessarily say I'd be glad because I think I also kind of think of it like uh, No Man's Sky, where I don't know what the game is like, and it could actually be fun when I go to play it, even though at the beginning people weren't a fan of it. I have no idea what the current state of it is. People might have already been burned and decided to not play anymore off of that initial feeling of being scolded, but like. I mean, have you played it recently, Lady Infamous? Do you know that it's still not something you want to play? I played it after it was re- well, Anthem. I played it after it was released. I didn't even play it for an hour. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like uh, I had the ten hour demo, and then I played the. It could be like No Man's Sky, where it's like night and day different now. Um, I guess I'm glad I didn't buy it full price in the beginning, but um, that's mainly just because apparently it didn't hold up in the beginning. But right now, no clue. Might have fun with it if I played it right Hell, now. Hell, I even think uh, the the reason why I put Old Republic right here is because I still think like you know any updates that that game gets, people are still there's more people playing that than Anthem. I'll give that. I'll give Sharpie credit. You talking one. about like oh the Old Republic like the MMO? Yeah. Yep. 
between the like activity between the two like Anthem and Overpublic. I would I would think Overpublic would have more of a traffic, I would say. Yeah, it's also like more of a traditional MMO though. It's kind of hard to fight against. People get latched onto their MMOs. Yes, they do. I mean, there's some yeah. bad MMOs out there too. Yeah. Lots of them yeah, actually. Some bad MMOs out there that people get latched onto too. <laughs> They just know that they bought it and they paid for it, so they want to keep playing it, hoping it'll get better. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said, it looks cool. Anthem still, to me, looks super cool. And every once in a while, I've see, I see news about something that happened in it that looks really cool or whatever. But um, it does kind of suck that it suck that it seems like Bioware is kind of taking the brunt of like all the the ire for the fact that it's not what people thought it was going to be but um I don't know. I don't know really what to make of it other than I hope that it's gradually improving if it's still going to be a thing at some point. I honestly don't think it's going to uh last. Yeah, it probably won't be at this point. I just looked on um I looked on Twitch and typed in Anthem. It said 39 people were watching. There's like six channels on. So, kind of imagine it's not really that big of a thing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's like worse than like the the release of No Man's Sky too. Wait, what do you mean? Like when Anthem was released versus when No Man's Sky was released? Was No Man's Sky there weren't a lot of people watching? No, no, no. I'm talking about like the the state of the game. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You guys would know more than me. I don't really know. I just stopped paying attention to it. Well, the beginning of Anthem, it was just that there was a bunch of bugs and there was not much to do within it. Yeah. I wouldn't say that, like, they didn't have... They didn't, they didn't deliver on what they promised. It's just that they had it, but then you didn't have much to do. And... At this point, um, they're working on, I mean, I'm sure of it, working on a skeleton crew to be able to keep this game up and running and to continue, like, I guess making DLC. Because the from at this point, um, yeah, Anthem is going to EA Access, Access which is a free, now a free-to-play, uh, essentially an MMO, and if you have EA Access anyways. Um, which is, you know, pay by month. Uh, so if I don't think people will, but if this game gains traction or gains some sort of numbers because it's now in their EA access, which to be honest, I don't know anybody that's on EA access, but I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's fruitful. People, I'm sure it's fruitful for some people. Um, but if this game gains, gains traction, despite all this jankiness and and everything and the lack of stuff to do um you know it could bring a little bit more life to the game and a little bit more hope for it um but uh the other thing with this article is that um the uh, anthem's lead producer is leaving bioware after eight years um and I'm not sure why. Um, just made the decision. I'm moving on. Um, and I've accepted an exciting opportunity at another gaming company. Well, there you go. 
Um, Such a PR thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Otherwise, like, you know, Dragon Age Four is, you know, while it's not been talked about and it's not actually been officially been been said, it's a thing, and we're just hoping that for the sake of Bioware that they make it a good one and EA just doesn't <laughs> essentially clamp their balls on it and are able to actually make a good game again and are able to put their magic into it and not be a uh, given a shit hand on trying to develop a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know at some point there could be a Final Fantasy 14-esque retry where they try to like make right what they thought they did wrong. I know that wasn't like Bioware EA that did that before. Um, EA doing that? Uh, it's that's, happened that's before. Laughing. That's laughable. I mean, you never know. Honestly, like when I when I looked at Anthem when it first got announced, that to me seemed like an IP that they could have made into something huge. So if somebody, I don't know, if somebody recognizes that and says like we could we should put some money behind it to make it actually like a thing, it could have a resurgence. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not like I'm not going against you. I highly doubt it too, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, I ran out of topics. All right. Um, do we want to talk about uh, game impressions, or do you want to talk about TwitchCon? We can talk about game impressions. I was going to say, I feel like TwitchCon might be like a nice way to end it all. Um, all right. But yeah, a topic so, for all you guys. Yeah, when I threw that up here, I just know that we've all kind of played or seen some games that have come out recently. I was just kind of curious, like, what people's thoughts were, like... We've all played Gears 5. Um, I think, Zeljic, I don't know if you did any of the story mission, per se. Um, I did not. No, okay. But, I mean, we at least did the horde mode. Well, first off, I want to say for me personally, one of my impressions for Gears 5 is I'm very annoyed that it's only three-player co-op in both mm-hmm. um, horde and es- campaign, campaign and an escape, escape mode. Yeah. Th- that annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> Especially considering, like, for anybody who's played it, you'll see that like the three of us, for example, with myself, um, Sharpie and Lady Infamous, we're all, you know, together in a unit. But there's like two other people walking right next to us. And it's like, why can't anyone control that? Like, it's kind of annoying that like we can't get Zeldrick into the game when there's two perfectly capable people sitting right next to us almost the entire time. And they look like they play a role in the game, too. Well, yeah, because it was like Marcus Phoenix in like whatever. I forget what Lady Infamous. I think you know her name, the main girl. Kate. Who's, is that her name? The one whose mother got killed or whatever? Yeah, Kate. That's yeah, name. yeah. Two, two like of the main characters. I think she's actually the focus of this iteration of the game. But nobody playing her though. But you can't play her. That's, that's, and that's backwards. Like, yeah. And it, it's just kind of frustrating, especially considering um, the last, I think it was Gears 4 that had four-player co-op. I think Gears 3 might have as well. 2 and 1 definitely didn't. But it just kind of, to me, it made more sense to just have, like, if you're going to have this whole squad of five people, then why not at least have... Five would be nice, but at least have four of them be controllable. You didn't have to give me the ability to play Dave 
<laughs> you liked it, Dave, though. Which I, I do like Dave, but I would sacrifice being able to play Dave to have another player in and just have him be an NPC. Like, Jack's always been an NPC in Gears of War. He's always been with the unit, but he just kind of comes in and does what he needs to do to, like, open doors or whatever, whenever necessary in the story. But now, for whatever reason, they make that character kind of accessible and playable, but take out the ability to play, like, with basically the Toon Bane characters in the game, or the series, anyway, at the moment. I was given a comparison um, that uh, the th- uh, three-person co-op um, remnant. Uh, I forget the the, the new subtext. One? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the the Dark Souls with guns. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's three players also, and like that, it was a comparison that was being made, and there, everybody's saying is like, I hope the three-person co-op is not a new th- trend going around. Might be. I. I hope not, because four-person co-op is just a perfect number. <laughs> yeah. Four-person co-op's perfect number. And, yeah, because, I mean, um, especially in, like, Gears, for example, it totally makes sense that, like, if you're going to have a certain number of people, like, you're if you have three of us, you're probably never going to be able to divide us up. Like, we're always going to have to be together. But if you have four, it would make sense to send people in groups of two. So you can have more options in terms of what you want to do with story, even in gameplay, like, somebody wants to go flank or whatever to me it kind of makes more sense to have like groups of two than it does to say like all right three individual people all go do your own thing and that's kind of what it felt like when we were playing gears too is like we're all there but we're all just kind of playing separately three is just like a weird number for co-op i think really it's like Um, one two and three well it's also an odd number not only that like i think you know with when you think of the word squad, right? Like, just, just if somebody says the word squad, the first, like, you think, oh, four people. Yeah. Right? You don't even have to be shown that it's, like, you know, four four people. Like, when somebody yells yeah, out the word. Yeah, three people doesn't sound like enough for a squad. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, what do you got? What do you guys think overall of uh, Horde mode? I had uh, fun. It was fun. Except, like, the last, like, five rounds i I started to feel like like it's just getting more monotonous just with yeah more it does that yeah so people will try to get to like 50 and, and just call it a day with the horde mode 50 is a huge number we yeah. was at 33. i think that's way too high yeah i was like dude this is getting hella like repetitive <laughs> just with higher health yeah because it's not like really i mean you guys can correct me if i'm wrong i didn't really notice it per se but it's not like there were a bunch of new units showing. Up. Yeah, it was just the same units, just you know, with more health. Yeah, yeah. So it's the one like, thing is that I don't think we saw all the bosses. Of course, yeah. I assume not. Um, I assume um, even if you did all fifty, if you actually made it through fifty waves, you probably wouldn't see all the bosses. I imagine they yeah. probably just kind of randomly put them in there, or you know, they have some algorithm for putting them in there, but not necessarily that you'll see them all in one run. Cause that would kind of, I think that would kind of kill the replayability of it a little bit. I gotta actually boot up that game myself and like play horde mode, just cause like I'm still really puzzled as far as for why nobody could upgrade any of the structures. Yeah, when... they definitely said like level one. Yeah, so it's clear yeah. that you can actually upgrade them, but 
did not see any option whatsoever to upgrade yeah. it, unless it's you a know specific in that snow level like I, I saw that upgrade option in the snow level it's just that you know when in that museum level well, I was like saying wait how how do, how do I upgrade this again like there was no option I wonder if you for need like a it. certain item from the uh whatever that thing is called the box that you carry around I forget what it's called but I wonder if you need a certain item um no because like when I when we played the snow level I was two different characters the Dell was the first one that has the repair tool and uh I was able to upgrade with him and then I was I forget what the other guy was uh, name was but he was a um like a sniper guy and he could upgrade I upgraded a structure with him too hmm and I don't understand like why in just the museum level that we played we couldn't upgrade structures it was really weird yeah well, it clearly said level 1 for me but yeah, I just it said but it there was there. like no option to actually change like to upgrade it it was only to move it or rotate it <laughs> exactly that's the same thing i had it could be like another bug and like yeah aren't you if you you had a bug where you could only heal and not shock yeah it's out of nowhere just could not shock anymore which is and it's fine if i'm playing like the role of the healer but it was I, specifically in that round i think on the where we actually died i was the last one in and it's like, okay, well, what do I do now if all I can do is heal? That's why I just went by all of our turrets and kept refilling them the entire time. So I'm like, I can't attack anybody. So, um, yeah, so it could just be a bug. But I don't know. What do you guys think in terms of, like, the longevity of it? Is that something that, like, just, is horde mode enough? No, nah, nah, nah. it ain't enough for me. I'm just going to play Not the really. story mode and keep it moving. Yeah. Yep. I'm the same well, way. Well, I want to try out escape mode. I do want to try that. Yeah, um, yeah, but like this game, I I feel like I could go back into it if other pe- other people were playing it. If other uh, someone else, if one uh, one of us, or any of my friends, were like, hey, mode, just, or... with horde mode or escape, hmm. they're like, hey, hop on, let's play escape. It's like, okay, okay. So what about uh? So for... Actually, never mind. I was I was trying to think of something and I and I forgot what it was. All right. So for the people who played like the Modern Warfare beta, I think it was Lady Infamous and Zeldrick. What did you guys think? Like Sharpie, you didn't get to play it, right? Because your computer was down. Well, or would you have just like I think not it's played like it only anyway? on PlayStation. Is it right now? It's on PS4 yeah. only oh, this okay. first weekend. The next weekend, actually, I think the even the next weekend is PS4 only. No, sorry, the next weekend is uh, is has crossplay. So um, gotcha. it's going to the other consoles. Oh, so it's not like crossplay um, with PC. I guess that would make a lot of sense. It's going really? to be. Really? Okay. Yes. It will be. Um, and uh, the other thing is that um, even with the uh, the alpha, people were showing up as playing with keyboard and mouse, and that was only on PS4. So they have like direct connectability and easy access to be able to just plug in your mouse and keyboard into the PS4 and just play with that if you wanted to. So... You know, it, it comes to the point of, well, I mean, if you're playing with PC people on crossplay, you better step up the game. Um, but as far as for the terms of how how it was, I played three rounds and I was, I thought it was all right. I mean, I, I liked what I was playing, but I eh, three rounds is not enough. Wait, so me. this was the first time around was. Uh... Oh, wait, what were what were you guys playing last time? Was that Modern Warfare 2? Yeah. That was Modern Warfare. And but it was, was just a alpha. different mode. 2v2. It was 2v2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so same game, though, but just different mode. Correct. Gotcha. We okay. have Domination, 
Team Deathmatch uh, headquarters, and then headquarters twenty people, domination twenty people. But I mean, that you couldn't play that during this beta, though, right? Yes, you can play that this beta. You can play the all those modes this that, beta, really? Yes. Oh. The alpha that was before was only just the two v two. Yeah. Okay. So what modes um, did you played three rounds? What modes did you play at Lady Infamous? I I, I played two hours. We played all the modes. But I mean, which we played, played headquarters. We played search and destroy. We played team deathmatch. We played domination. It was a oh, play. I know you definitely play at headquarters. I saw the most amazing video of you when you were playing headquarters. When I died, when I was in back of the, <laughs> when I got out the, when I got out the play area and I slipped and fell on that rock, I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it. Twenty nineteen. I'm telling you, um, I enjoyed it. It's it was it was barely easy. It was. It was a couple of little tweaks that they changed with the uh, controls, but other than that, it was pretty easy. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to get the game. It's not an issue. What does easy mean? Easy, like, it's familiar to me. It's something that is familiar oh. to me. I mean, it plays like most like other Call of Duty games, right? Yeah, but you just can't just pick up a Call of Duty game and just be, you know, hard. Be, like, aggressive and stuff like that. I've been playing it for a while, so I knew what I was expecting when I was playing the beta. So when... When it met my expectation, I was like, okay, ain't nothing. It's cool. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And it's cross-play. So I can be able to play with anybody. So that's great. That's like the best thing ever. I don't have to triple dip on this game. I, I, I'm i sorry, not triple, because I, can I can't even, I'm not going to double. Because if it wasn't for cross-play, I probably would have got it on PlayStation. Because I'll always get it on Xbox, and I was going to be fair and just get it on PlayStation this year. But since it's on crossplay, I'm gonna get it on Xbox, and they gonna get these and these PlayStations and PC people can get these hands. I'm with you. Yeah, good luck on that one. <laughs> I, I, okay? got, I, I got a question. PlayStation, um, yeah. I, I got a question. Um, other than that whole two v two thing and like you know changes on like graphical and like how it looks and feels, did they add anything new? No. No. It's Call of Duty. It's Call of Duty. It's the same shit. It's a different set of a different coat of paint. That is it. Uh, they did change uh, the couple of things, the way attachments work on guns. Um, well, I mean, like the, I said, like the, other than changes, I'm talking about like adding anything new. Or is that considered adding something wow. new? Wow, okay. That, that's the same question of, did they change anything from Battlefield 1 to Battlefield 5? Did they change anything from Killzone 2 to Killzone 3? Like, it... What are you asking? Like you already know the answer to this question. Well, no, I was. Uh, that's why I was wondering. Like, did did they add anything new? Because I I don't know so th if they did. What or would not. be in your terms be something new? Like, let's say from like Battlefield One to Battlefield Three, they had destructible buildings. Okay. Uh. Well, I can tell you. One very noticeable thing that they added, you can open and close doors. Yeah. I was like, this is gonna this is gonna mess somebody up trying to open and close doors. Because I was behind someone And you can smash through doors, yeah. yeah. Somebody I was behind a door, somebody smashed in and it got me. I was like But yeah. Like you can um, actually like, but like press like the use button and it just opens and closes. Yes. Like it, okay, th that seems like so like minor. No no I know that's okay. minor, but it's it, it, at least that's something. It's something, but the thing is, is that that it, that actually kind of adds a dynamic mm -hmm. to it, and it's like there's an open door, but like someone <laughs> say that like it's 
like beta day or whatever day one people are actually able to finally play it it's like that door was open before wait a minute there you can open and close doors like that it it adds something yeah different. no i i totally understand like, that because in counter-strike there it, that's like a that's actually a thing it's a strategy in counter-strike to like open and close doors right um it's weird like it, i'm gonna say this again like it really feels like that this Call of Duty is trying to take the lean towards like uh Counter Strike, like to lean towards that as far as for the way things look and feel. Uh, obviously, not the way that things handle. Um, but um, and shit, there was something else that I just had in mind. I totally forget what it was. Um, oh, uh, actually, Lady Infamous, the, how, the kill streak thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it kill streaks or scores? Kills. That's something different. Like that I actually like. I hated score streaks. I hated Oh, so they like changed it the so roof. it's not like oh after you kill three people no, even if you died in between, you can still do what you call it like what was it? Like uh No, you gotta kill three people in assess in recession and you gotta have a hardline the hardline pro perk. To be able to get kill streaks, because like the first kill streak is three, you get the hardline pro, you can kill people with two, and so it's like one less kill for the kill streaks. Uh, there's some, they got some battlefield s type kill streaks, like the tank and the um, I want to call it, what's the name of that one? It was a, it was like, it's like a robot box in, and you can manually drive it and manually shoot. Um. I was like, why can't I just have them robotically scan for enemies like they did in previous titles? So there's a couple of kill streaks that it's going to evolve you to stand still and to operate and kill people, but it's going to make you vulnerable as well. Because if I use one of those kill streaks, the enemy, uh, the enemy team is going to probably going to see me standing there messing with this drone or this tank or this robot and they're gonna kill me real good so um it's like i said it's it's it's, it's nothing i'm getting it it's nothing it's it's so it's, it's uh my, like, the, it's my weakness the other thing <laughs> is that um lady infamous uh mounting your gun when uh like uh, assault rifle or anything was that in black ops 4 i'm sorry what into what like your attachments or no when you mount your gun like onto a ledge or onto a surface like i'm pretty sure that with black ops 4 that was only with lmgs i haven't i haven't played any lmgs on black ops 4 i was always smgs and assault rifles and i know they don't do that so okay okay what i what i realized in this one was that you could i i was able to mount the sniper rifle i was able to mount with the lmg um I think with a shot uh, with uh, not a shotgun with the assault rifle too. I I don't recall. Um, but uh, when I was when I mounted with the sniper rifle onto a specific surface, I actually tilted and got that like sort of tilt angle sh- uh, shot like uh, aside from cover. So that's something different too. Like doing angle shots um, behind cover. That's a uh, that's a new thing too. So. Like there's a little bit of nuances here and there that they're that they've added. Um. Oh, as well as like uh equipment, like uh, like you have your explosives and your your tactical, but there's like equipment that is a recharge use 
Like the first one you you can use is a uh, deployable barricade, I and really that's a fast recharge. I didn't like that. I didn't even like to. I was like they was trying to. I, I, it actually provided some good stuff for me because there was like a choke point that I ended up ha being able to hold down because there was the wall and then a space and then two barrels and then some more space. So I put the barricade between the first space and I had more cover and I was able to shoot people that came by and I was able to peek around more without that extra space opening me up. And then you add some another cover, like deployable cover right next to it, and you have even more of a wall. So like there was that dynamic. But then the other rechargeable one that you had at first was a uh, um, deployable ammunition. Mm -hmm. That was that was the second one. That's a medium recharge. I don't know what the hell did, when it says short, fast, medium, long, whatever, like what that actual time equates to. But like deployable equipment is also a thing too that they added. Um, Are you going to cop it? Ain't nobody... It, I guess I'm just, like, the only one that's going to cop it, because I don't think you're going to cop it, Kendrick. I'm, I'm not. Like, and it's purely based on just money and that I don't need another multiplayer game that, I can, that I'll play over and over again. I don't, like, just that aspect of having one of those games, I don't need another one right now. Um, I mean, if I, if I came into some money, or if it was, like, on discount... Like immediately, then yeah, I would. But no, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch this uh, one. Can I can, can I go back to this whole kill streak thing? Um, so you said uh, yes. So you said like they got rid of this whole kill streak rewards thing. Like so, in order to get like a UAV, <laughs> like like you can you can all you need is just three kills and then you'll get it. Or do you have to get a kill streak for that? So okay, so the as since. Black Ops 1, I want to say, they've been doing score streaks, which means you need to earn a bunch of score yeah. before you can actually get a kill streak. Yeah. And, like, so say that, like, um, for your first UAV on a score streak was um, 300 points, but, like, an assist was 50 points. So you got, like, it, but a kill was, like, uh, 100 so technically that one was a hundred, like three kills. But like if, it, like say that it was an assist, then you, you it would take longer just if it was all assists. Like I, I'm I'm phrasing that really stupid. Yeah, I, I like, think I know what you mean. Like streaks when it was a score streak took a lot longer than kill streaks for me, anyways. Um, but now it's back to kill streaks where it's like you just you kill three people in one life, you got your first uh, kill, uh, your first streak, your first mm. award. After that, if you get two more, that's five. You get your next one. You get seven, that's your next one, depending on what kill streaks you have equipped. Mm -hmm. So, like, remember back in Modern Warfare 2 where it was uh, three for a UAV, um, and then all the way to 10 for uh, a bomber. Well, it's eleven, like and then back to that. I think it was like eleven, but then like if you have the hard, like the hard line, you get ten. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's back to that. Oh, so it is kill streaks, not like score streak. Okay. Correct. So I, uh, I'm just I'm really glad that it's back to kill streaks because I just hated the idea of score streaks. It was always at like a detriment to me whenever I played a Call of Duty game with score streaks. But from what I played, it was it was decent. It was alright. I did like what I played. 
All right, cool. Was there anything else? Cool. So I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to bring up real quick that uh, one of the games I listed on there was Indivisible, um, which I didn't mention when I was saying what I played this week, but I also did play that game. Oh, yeah, how was um, that? I thought it was fantastic. Like, it was legitimate. So it's basically... The makers of Skullgirls. Um, yeah, yeah. And you can kind of see it in the art style, too. But um, it, it basically, I think the thing that kind of drew me in, obviously there was the art style, but it was also just that um, the battle system felt like definitely different than what I was expecting. I was expecting more of like just turn-based RPG, but um, I guess I don't know what the wording is for it. I've, I've seen this type of um, battle system before where each character has a timer where like the time once well sorry not even the timer but more so of a meter once the meter fills up they can do an attack but it's not specifically like i need to if if it was the four of us it's not like i attack and then you attack and then lady infamous attacks and then zeldrick attacks or anything like that it's basically as soon as your meter fills up you can attack with that character and it could be multiple people at the same time the enemy has the same exact thing where they can attack basically at any time as long as they have a move to use oh and it was just like this Yes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no. so, so it's not like... Th- this is how it yeah. works in Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Except in Brave Exvius, you know, it's like my side first and then the, the enemy side. And then, like, you just take turns on both sides. You can attack... Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not really, like, turn-based like that. The enemy can... As long as you have a move available, you can attack. And you can have combos, but, right? Um, I mean, each... As I was playing along through the game, we would unlock... Um, extra moves for characters like just as you were I don't know what the criteria was for you getting another move because it was just like we'd finish a battle and all of a sudden it would say character X can do you know has just added an additional move so then like their meter would be however many segments in that meter would be the number of moves they could do so if their meter was like two segments you could attack twice Um, but it was just like this cool little um system where you know you could attack when you wanted and basically it was all each character's control was um based around one button press so like their orientation on the screen was essentially the orientation of the buttons on the controller so the character at the top would be like the top button on the controller or whatever what what system were um, you playing this on this is a pc really and it says that you it's on your wish list you don't own it oh because it's not out yet oh he, he was playing a demo. Oh, yeah, I was playing a demo. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, you know, you essentially could attack with any character, like I said, at any time. Defense was played with the same button that you would use for attack. So, if someone attacked you, if you held that button down, um, that person would defend. But you had to pick the right one. So, if they attacked Zeldrick, you would have to hold on the button for Zeldrick to get him to defend. If you didn't, they would get attacked. It was a button where everybody could, you could have everyone defend at the same time. But they also had a meter where... Each one of those, um, each time you use defense, it would take away from that meter to the point where if that meter was empty, you can't defend yourself. And it was kind of like, you know, defending with everyone took more meter, defending with a single person took less. So it was kind of like this little thing where you had to manage your attacks when you could attack, the number of attacks, which character you were attacking with, but also defending each individual character or all the characters at the same time. And it just kind of worked like really well together. It was totally fun to go up against enemies. Um, there was also a little bit of platforming, but 
uh, that part that part threw me off a little bit because there was a mechanic, for example, where you had to use an axe to stick in the wall, and then you could jump off of that point, stick the axe in the wall again to you know to basically climb up high heights, but it didn't work really well. Like I would do the same thing three times in a row, and sometimes the axe would hit the wall, sometimes it wouldn't, and it made it that the part that I got stuck the most on in the entire game was just trying to platform my way up to like the top of this high area wasn't battling anyone that part felt intuitive stuff like that it was just really using this one mechanic um but other than that it was like it was a great game it was a great demo i would say like any of y'all should try it and it definitely sold me in terms of like just gonna pre-order and say i'm gonna go for it um for 36 bucks also yeah exactly how much is it 36 36 yeah so it's like on slight discount right 10 percent discount or something like that so i'm sure it's 39.99 full price mm-hmm. um so yeah that was cool and then the, the other thing i was going to ask you guys about is did anyone see anything about borderlands 3 i haven't even looked at gameplay of it yo is it so, i have it looks the same it looks the same but i'm gonna cop it when it's on sale what do you mean it looks the same like it just looks like every other borderlands game yeah just with more options. In, it's like the best looter shooter. Is that just an aesthetic, though? It doesn't seem like it's going to be... Is that a good thing or a bad thing, I guess? No, it's a good thing. Because it it it, it kept what it was good at. But, I mean, I guess... Not that I'm expecting them to like start from scratch and switch everything up, but with that much of a gap between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3... Is it a good thing that it doesn't feel that different? Well, I would actually say between the pre-sequel and three. Yeah. Um, but even then, like the pre-sequel was like an extension of two. Well, that's why uh, I said yeah, between two and three. Yeah, I know it's okay. pre-sequel came out afterwards, but yeah. Um, I would say yes, it is a good thing because two, as far as for the way that the guns work, for the most part. And the way that skill trees worked and everything like that, it worked well. Like, when I played Borderlands 2, as well as, like, every other person that I've ever met in my life who has played Borderlands 2, they all really liked the way that Borderlands 2 played. And the way that the skill trees worked and all the guns worked and stuff like that. The only criticism I've ever heard of Borderlands 2 was the stupid as hell loot drops uh, and, and like the percentage of um, how you would get a loot drop or whatever for a specific gun or something and how you would have to rerun shit all the time. Like, that that's uh, a different discussion. But, like, the fact that it feels like that they just, like, from Borderlands 1 and then they built upon that, made Borderlands 2, and now they built upon that, made Borderlands 3... It's a good thing. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about. I don't think love. I'm talking about mechanics per se. Maybe I'm just. It's, it's just interesting. Maybe it's a shooter thing. I find it like interesting that there's this acceptance of yeah, it's just like the last one. And with you know, obviously with some different changes in like mechanics, probably improvements on like certain parts of the game. But it seems like a pretty unique thing to shooters to just be like, yeah, just like the last one. I think the huge difference between all of these games is the characters that you play for sure and not not even like personality or anything they all have different abilities and a different type of that you play with and they all have different strengths every single one of them i believe so far 
has had a very different type of strength. And um, so, like, when you play Borderlands 3 from Borderlands 2, it's not like you're going to be playing exactly the same way. Like, the experience is going to be different because, obviously, the story is different, the characters are different, but also, like, the abilities that you use and the way that you utilize them are different. So, yes, you could, like, just run around and, like, shoot people, but then you they each have their own strengths and what they use and how they do it sure yeah i don't know i guess it, it almost in a way and i know i know part of it is like just my bias because like usually if there if i don't feel like there's like a significant change between one game and the next like i usually start losing enthusiasm pretty quickly about the next one um that I, I don't know for some reason they kind of like brought up it reminded me that they're talking about making an Overwatch 2. And it's and it's kind of like I thought conceptually it's like but if not that much has changed besides just the people you're playing with between one and the next is it going to feel like I just want like I want to play it? Or does it feel like they should have just created an engine and said like let's just add a bunch of different characters considering the thing that's going to change mostly is just the gameplay of the specific characters you're using. I don't know. I guess the argument to go with that is that, like, you play Tetris 99, but it's just Tetris. There's nothing, like, you're playing against other people. Like, oh. that would be the same thing as going, like, against another person right next to you. Uh, Not, well, with Tetris 99, you're going against 98 people. And they added some different mechanics to change, like, the dynamic of the game or whatever, but... I think the the fact that you're going against that many people completely changes Tetris because you can get attacked and blah 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 whatever. Um, but I don't know. I just I guess I I like I it's probably like the same argument that I have as to why I don't like a lot of Nintendo IPs. It's just looking from one to the next. I'm like I don't know what the difference is other than something that I feel is minor. And maybe that just means that I don't play the game. That's fine. I don't. I don't begrudge them for it. I'm just saying. Um, I know for me personally, I would prefer to see something where it's like, wow, that looks like completely different than the last one, but keeps the heart of it. Yeah, the way that you like pick and choose the games that you play, like you, you do play a vastly different game than like for your next game. Sure. Like. And I th- that's just who you are. I th- like for myself, like I'm there's a bunch of these RPGs that like might play exactly the same, but like it's a different experience for me because I'm looking at something different and it's a continuation of something that I like. So like, you know, if they made a sequel to something that you really like and it's the same exact type of gameplay, like do you feel excited to play it do you like want um, to play usually it? it depends on how much time you gave me in between and obviously there was there's been a lot of time between borderlands uh the pre-sequel and borderlands 3 but i think i think the the main difference is that before as far as i can remember you yeah, i can correct me if i'm wrong but before borderlands 3 there wasn't that much time between 1 2 and the pre-sequel 
so it, it, it gave me a yeah. chance to be like yeah you gave me too much borderlands and now like so now if you have a bunch of time pass and it's like oh here's the next one and i'm like that kind of looks like the last one at that point i'm like uh i'll start losing enthusiasm fast that's why like oh. right now you probably couldn't excite me with a rock band game if you tried because well okay what if in this next in this borderlands 3 everybody fought with swords it probably the sword there because there's like a million weapons there. Yeah, I don't know. That's that to me. That's not like. I mean, even even I think even a graphical significant update would probably start to do it for me. Do you guys feel? That's why I was asking. Like, do you feel like even for example, does it look that much different than two? To me, it doesn't. The art style is exactly the same. It's just like cleaner. It it's cleaner and it looks better. With some level of improvement, like some outline of the shaders and stuff like that. Yeah, but like you, you can't really like go like say like from 1080 to 4K to 8K with the Borderlands art style and have it look different. Like the upgrade from it is like it's not going to be different. Say that again. The the like the graphic fidelity of the Borderlands style, like painted cell shade cell shaded stuff, it's not gonna look different. I mean, I mean they could even, for example, go with a different art style. I don't know, just something to, like for me to differentiate them. Again, the, this, the, this is like what what's like makes the divide because like say that if it was a completely different art style mm-hmm. and it looked like uh uh fucking like final fantasy 7 remake status oh no i'm not talking about that the, yeah well <laughs> what i'm saying like different that's a different art style for you though yeah no i know but i'm what i'm saying is like a different art style could be just like to even taking the formula you had and figuring out what does that look like in the, like what's the future version of that look like so for example like cell shading was an adaptation of like another art style that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you know, if you're changing to something new, that it has to be completely left field from what you already have. But there could be some differences to it to make it look different and more unique or whatever to be like, OK, here's the this is what changed between three and the pre-sequel. As compared to just the story. Or the characters, I don't know. Anyways. I'm just saying, I like for me, I was more so curious. Not even necessarily, um, like somebody had to convince me to play it. I was just curious what you guys thought of it because I know that like I lost a lot of enthusiasm for it. So I was curious if it was just me or if it was like people were still excited for it because I also don't feel like I've heard much talk about it either since it came out. All I know is that <clears throat> a few people are enjoying the game, like true fans of Borderlands. But I'm, I'm like, I'll just wait till it goes on sale. Okay. I would have been all over it, but like the shit that Take Two has pulled and and it being on Epic Game Store, like that right there, that I'm not buying it. So it's what about you, Sharpie? Mm, like I don't mind it if, if it's on the Epic Game Store, but that's just me. Um, but at the same time, it's just like the. I think Borderlands, it's more about, like, the 
about like you know it's it's about inventory and decision like you know equipment management right and it's the mm-hmm. it's it's the character development not just not it's not just about you but then like the NPCs around you sure and if they do those well like and that's what borderland has always been about so far if they can do that well then i think it should just do it should just stick with that instead of it like you know focusing focusing it on you know the art style well, I mean, I assume by default they were going to kind of do storytelling about the same, but yeah, just, I don't know. But I don't think I don't think there's a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't think the the villain is going to be as uh, as uh, any going to be any better than like Handsome Jack. Well, yeah, I mean, that's sometimes you write something story wise that's kind of hard to live up to. I think he'd be hard to live up to, creating a character that's like as strong of a character as he was. But I mean, because he was like one of the craziest villains in any game I've ever played. Hmm. Like, if there's like another villain that you can think of that's that's as crazy as he was, then then I'm all years. Uh, The guy from Katana Zero. (laughs) His name Q or something? I forget his name. Really? Are you being serious? You know which one I'm talking about? Okay. Kafka? I don't know. He he almost looked like a ape in the game. He's the one that was just like like he drugged the the neighbor and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever his name was, I don't remember his name. But, but anyways, that's all I had. Yeah, I was kind of curious what you guys' impressions were on some new stuff. Well, um, um the, what I the other the last thing I'll say to say about Borderlands Three is that it's also like gotten very polarized reviews. Um, as far as like the headlines that I've seen, um, and I think I wish that I was that I clipped that I I took a snapshot of this headline title because it summed up the what I thought of Borderlands Two as terms of for uh, script and uh, characters and stuff. If like they said specifically, it was uh, how was it phrased? It was it's like if a meme. Instead of dragging on for a week, it dragged on for a month. And to me, that like hit so hard with me because I about halfway into Borderlands 2, the humor just like it got so sickening to me and I hated it. And it was most of it was actually from Tiny Tina. And then the rest of it was just like, eh, it's just a bunch of yelling fucking nonsense. And I just, I, unintelligible shit. And it's like, I, this is, I can't do this. I can't deal with this. So I'm just kind of like going along and trying to get the story. Um, and then when I watched part of Borderlands 3 where Tiny Tina showed up and I was like, oh, well, you kind of sound different. Give it three minutes. Cause she's going to sound exactly the same. It's like, well, you're annoying. Once again, I don't like you. Um, and I have, I'm like the 1% of like everybody else because everybody else likes Tiny Tina, but I despise her. And not, she has a sad background, but it's just like, I can't listen to her talk ever. So, um, but I did laugh at a couple parts of Borderlands 3 from what I saw. I'm just, I just think that the scripts and the humor and the reviews that I've, that I've like said about 
the story and everything about Borderlands 3, I was like, that's kind of actually par for the course now that it's just humor that's not good anymore. And it's just, it's, it's dead. It's dead humor of just like yelling and unintelligible speak. They're forming words and sentences and they're the, the punchline is that they're loud and, and crazy. It's like, but there's no humor in this anymore. Except people find that funny for some reason now, still. But then again, like I'm on the outside of that. Um, as far as for just gameplay, it just it looks fun to play. Either otherwise, cool, cool. I guess that's it for this week, right? Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what everybody's going to be doing for the rest of the week. I'm going to be streaming and working. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like Sounds a plan. Like a... Yeah. I don't um, know what, what game. Are you streaming? Probably Gears. Uh, I'm going to try to do Gears on Friday. And your socials. Oh, and my socials. Um, Probably Gears, more Rainbow, um, Lady underscore Infamous 415 on Twitch. Um, Researching and writing like a, like a mini, I don't want to say a script, but like a storyboard. For, so when I try to do some video in two weeks, I'm going to attempt to. So, I'm doing that as well. That's it. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, for me personally, um, I don't know how much I'll get to stream. Um, I'm actually going to do some later on tonight, but I guess it's going to be too late unless you want to check the archive by the time people hear this. But um, I guess I'll try to do, if we if we can get it together, do some more Gears 5 and then... Um, Theoretically, I forget the name of the game. What's the game that we were playing, Sharpie? That we're, we oh, might be trying unheard. to on Wednesday again. Unheard. There you go. Um, so some of that, and then uh, I'm actually going to be heading out like again this weekend, but not going too far. I'm going to be going to Sacramento and going to like Wizard World. Um, Sounds this magical. Weekend, the convention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a convention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like Harry Potter World or anything, but. Um, so be hanging out there this weekend and then I'll try to stream again on Sunday. Um, but if you want to check me out, um, I'm on twitch.tv slash unsheathed P U N S H E A T H E D P. Uh, I will be, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be streaming much this week. I'm going to try to, um, I, uh, I have a, a test on Thursday, but otherwise, um, if I am streaming, it's going to be XCOM 2. Um, I'm going to have a sponsored stream this week as well. And then uh, um, I'm really hankering to start streaming Monster Hunter Worlds. Uh, I'm not sure if I will or when that will be. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be hitting on those two. Um, I'm going to try to like really... I said this last week and I actually wasn't able to. But uh, I'm going to try to get through a lot of more XCOM 2. Um, and uh, also at the same time, figuring out what I'm going to be streaming next as far as for like a story playthrough. Because, um, uh, uh, you know, got to get the uh, got to get moving on. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what I have in store next. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash Zeldrick, Z-E-L-D-R-I-C-K. And at Twitter or on Twitter at Zeldrick. All right, cool. For me, I'm going to be playing 
what do you call it? What, what was that called? Oh yeah, I might continue on with CrossCode again. So I was holding that, holding that off for like maybe a few weeks, maybe almost a month. Mm. And then I'm going to play, um, and if, if I do end up finishing that, I'm going to continue on with Tales of the Neon Sea. And I want to see how that game turns out. I heard that game's not too long, so I'm gonna continue um, play that. And if I do finish that too, then I'm gonna play uh, Luna Nights again. And that's it. I'm gonna be. Uh, and you can find me at Twitch.tv/jsharpie, like the marker, and jsharpietv on the tweeters. And that's it. Um, Wait, you got more? Uh, I also, I was actually, yeah, I have one last thing to say. Um, it's almost October. So it's going to be, well, for me anyways, it's going to be uh, Spooky Games Month. And I uh, I was actually just remembering that once uh, October rolls around, it's going to be Alien. Um, I would actually be stopping everything else and be streaming uh, Alien Isolation. Of course. Um, and then the Dead Space series. All right, cool. That's it. We're going to be seeing you guys next week. Uh, same bat time, I guess. <laughs> we'll be back on the 22nd. On 22nd. Oh, great. See you guys then.